0: Okay, praise the Lord, uh, brothers and sisters. Um, For those that are kind of facing that way, why don't you go ahead and turn your chairs around? It'll make it a lot easier for you. Um, Also, the outline tonight is on the back of the song sheet. So if you turn your song sheet over, you'll see that we have a little outline there. And uh, this topic is called The Mingled Spirit. It may be a brand new topic to many of you. To others, it might be a very familiar topic. And so for you, if it's familiar, uh, Jared, if it's familiar, you know what? It's going to be an exercise tonight uh, to keep it fresh, right? Uh, To see something fresh and new and enjoyable. Um, So uh, another thing that we want to do tonight is uh, just have you take some notes as we're going through it. I'll take about 20 to 25 minutes. And then we want to pair up in two groups of twos just to practice speaking this outline to one another, just in a very brief way, uh, because you'll see as we get into it, this outline, the points on this outline, are uh, very crucial points. They're very base- basic and fundamental points. And for you to be able to speak these things Uh, with your roommates, with your family, and so forth. Whoever you come across uh, would be a very amazing thing. And then we'll ask maybe a couple pairs to come up to the front and just practice with all of us. Okay? So, uh, do you see what we're going to (laughs) do? Let me get my glasses on here. All right, so let's begin And let's begin by reading the verse under the title. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, go. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Oh, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. What we're going to see tonight is that the Lord is the spirit, and that we have a human spirit, and that when we believe, we receive God as the spirit into our human spirit, and the two spirits are joined together and mingled together as one mingled spirit. And when that happens, you know what? We can spend the rest of our lives living and walking according to this mingled spirit. So uh, the first point, it says God is spirit. You know, if you're going to contact something, you need to know uh, what is that thing you're contacting? Right. If you want to contact and receive something, you need to know what it is, and the Bible tells us that God is spirit. You know, as lovers of Christ, and I hope all of us are loving uh, Christ. Right? We're lovers of Christ. We want to spend the rest of our lives contacting Him, receiving Him, enjoying Him, being filled with Him. Well, in order to do that, the first thing is we need to know what He is. God is spirit. You know, God is not a physical entity. We cannot see him with our eyes. We don't hear him with our ears. We can't touch him with our hands. He's not physical like that. Neither is he just a concept or a figment of our imagination or a a good feeling or something like that. And so we can't touch him uh, in that kind of way we have to know what he is God is spirit um, <clears throat> and you know just like uh, the essence of this chair here is plastic probably the essence of the tabletop here is wood the essence of God is spirit okay the essence of God is spirit John 4 24a it says God is spirit and um, The next verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 45b. How about we read this together? Go. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Well, God is spirit, but in 1 Timothy 6, 16, it says that God has dwelt alone in unapproachable light. I want to draw this on the board here. You know, for eternity... God has dwelt alone, separated, um, in unapproachable light. That's what the verse says, unapproachable light. But do you think God was happy to be alone? No. (laughs) I mean, even think about it. God is love, right? Love has to have an object. He was not happy to be alone Uh, So in time, God stepped out of eternity and became a man, Jesus Christ. He was born into the human race, into a human lineage that goes all the way back to Adam. He was born into that human lineage, and uh, that was about 2,000 years ago. And then he lived a perfect human life. For 33 and a half years. His his human life was perfect because it was without sin. Um, Even the person that was responsible for uh, allowing Christ to be put to death on the cross, Pontius Pilate, he declared at least three times, I find no fault in this man. He had no sin. But nevertheless, he was crucified. Uh, And he was judged on the cross by God himself. You might think, well, man put him to death. Actually, God arranged everything and had him crucified so that a blood could be shed that was a perfect blood to pay the price for all of our sins. And because this person that died on the cross was not just a man, but he was a God-man, he was a mingling of God and man, the blood that he shed has an eternal effectiveness. It's efficacious, eternally efficacious. That means His blood can pay the price for every sin that ever was and ever will. Then He was buried, and then He resurrected on the third day, and then He ascended, and in His resurrection, uh, this is the verse that we just read, He became the life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. Now, God... ...is spirit, even from eternity past. But as the spirit, uh, even before Jesus Christ... ...he could come upon people... ...and cause them to do mighty things... ...and cause them to prophesy and so forth... ...but he couldn't get into them and be their life... ...and be mingled with them... ...in this union that we read about here... Uh, ...in 1 Corinthians six seventeen. But listen, after his human living and death and resurrection and ascension, now he became a life-giving spirit. Now this God, who is spirit, can actually give his life to us by imparting his spirit into us. So I love that verse. uh, The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Praise the Lord. So through this process, God, who has dwelt alone in unapproachable light, is now available. Praise the Lord, He's available. But remember, He is spirit. This brings us to the next point, number two. Let's read this together. Man has a spirit. Praise the Lord. God is spirit, but man has a spirit. This is the human spirit. Do you realize that every human being on this earth has a spirit? It's not the spirit of God, but nevertheless, it corresponds to God. And it's something within every human being that can substantiate God who is spirit. It's something within every human being that can contact God who is spirit and receive God who is spirit and enjoy God who is spirit. We have a human spirit. This is wonderful. Let's read this verse together. Zechariah 12, 1. Go. The burden of the word of Jehovah concerning Israel. Thus declares Jehovah who stretches forth the heavens and lays the foundations of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. It's marvelous. Man has a spirit. And this spirit of man is on the same Level as the universe, right? And and the earth. God stretched forth the heavens and he laid the foundation of the earth and he formed the spirit of man within him. It's so interesting. It doesn't even say he created man. It says he formed the spirit of man within him. That shows that uh, there's something more important to man than just... uh, his body and his physical entity and so forth, there's a spirit in man. You know, the heavens are for the earth. If there was no universe, there would be no place to put the earth. The earth is for man. If there was no earth in this universe, there would be no place for man to exist. Man cannot exist on the moon. Man cannot exist on Mars or on Pluto. But the earth is just perfect. It's the right distance from the sun. The temperature is just right. Um, the atmosphere, the air that we breathe, the water, everything on this planet is perfect so that man could exist. But man cannot exist just for himself. That would be vanity vanity of vanities. Man has a spirit because man was made for God. Man was made. When I I say man, I'm talking about all of us. Brothers, sisters, we're all mankind, right? Descended from Adam. We were created in the image and likeness of God with a spirit so that we could contact God and receive God and enjoy God. And this human spirit is different than the soul. You know, I know some people think that the spirit and soul are about the same thing. But the Bible is very clear that the spirit of man is different than the human soul. And you can write these verses down. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. You see, three distinct parts. A spirit and soul and body. And if that's not clear enough for you, write down Hebrews 4.12. In Hebrews 4.12, it says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and able to divide the soul from the spirit. If the soul can be divided from the spirit, that proves that the soul and spirit are two different things, right? Yes, we have a soul with a mind, emotion, and will. That's our psychological part. Uh, And God needs our soul. He needs to spread into our soul so that he can express his person through our soul. But it's our spirit that can receive God and substantiate God and be mingled with God. Uh, And by the way, I didn't complete this diagram. After he ascended, then he, as the life-giving spirit was poured out uh, upon all flesh... And he came right inside the deepest part of our being, which is our human spirit, the moment we repented and believed. Praise the Lord. And that's the next point. Let's read number three together. At regeneration, the two spirits become one mingled spirit. Become one mingled spirit. Now this word mingled um, is actually a biblical word Uh, used in Leviticus chapter 2 verse 4 and a couple other places in Leviticus in reference to the meal offering. Now keep in mind that all the the offerings in the Old Testament are pictures of Christ. They're types of Christ. Christ is the real sin offering. Christ is the real burnt offering. Christ is the real trespass offering. He's the real peace offering. He's also the real meal offering. (coughs) And with the meal offering, it says it was to be fine flour mingled with oil. And we know all over the scriptures in the Old Old and New Testament, oil, especially olive oil, signifies the Spirit of God, which points to Christ's divinity. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit, right? But the fine flour... ...signifies Christ's humanity. He has a very fine, uplifted humanity. And when the oil and the flour are mingled together... ...this signifies that Jesus Christ is a mingling of God and man. He's not half God and half man... ...but He's the mingling of God and man. And mingling means that two substances... ...are blended together in such a way that they don't produce a third substance. But each of the two substances is still distinguishable. His humanity and His divinity were still distinguishable even though they were mingled together in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting, when people approached Jesus and they hung around with Him, they said, wait a minute, we know, we know this guy's father and mother. He's the carpenter's son. We know his brothers and sisters. He's just a man. But whoa, where did he learn those things? We never heard a man speak like this before. And he was cleansing the lepers, and he was raising the dead, and he was uh, healing the blind. That's his divinity, right? Right. He was the Son of Man, but He was also the Son of God. He was a mingling of God and man. Now this God-man went through the process of death and resurrection and ascension and descension being poured out upon all flesh and now He comes into us the moment we repent and believe and the Spirit comes into our human spirit and the two spirits get mingled together as one mingled spirit. So you have a human spirit now, as a believer in Christ, you have a human spirit with the divine spirit mingled with it. Isn't that something, Luke? You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, God is life, right? The, the word for the divine life in the Bible is zoe. That's the Greek word, Z-O-E. And... Um, There's a verse in Romans 8 that says, because of righteousness, our spirit is now life. And the Greek word there, if you look it up, is zoe. Our spirit. This deepest part of our being right now, if we're a believer in Christ, is zoe, which is the divine, uncreated, eternal life of God. Some people are waiting for the future. One day I'm going to die and then I'll enter into eternal life. Guess what? If you're a believer in Christ, you have Zoe in your spirit right now. Your spirit is Zoe. It's so mingled with the life of God that it is Zoe. So you can tap into that life. You can enjoy that life. You can live by that life. You can express that life right now here on earth. You don't have to wait for the future. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, um, I wanted to mention another verse here. Well, uh, uh, yeah, we already read First Corinthians 6:17. In 2 Corinthians 3:17, it says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit." And in the context, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is now this spirit, the life-giving spirit, that could come into our human spirit and give us the divine life. That's why the point says at regeneration. Regeneration means our spirit was once dead. But when the spirit of God came in, it got made alive. It got regenerated. You know, every human being on this earth has a spirit. But the believers in Christ have a spirit that is regenerated. It's made alive with the life of God. Okay, now this brings us to the last point. Uh, Let's read four together. Go. Living and walking according to the spirit. So this word um, spirit here at the end of that verse, according to the spirit. In this particular verse and a number of verses in the New Testament, it's very difficult for Bible translators to translate it because they don't know. Is it referring to the Holy Spirit? The divine spirit, or is it referring to the human spirit? Because if it's the divine spirit, it should be capitalized. If it's the human spirit, it's lowercase. And I believe uh, in Greek, there's there's no lowercase, right? Everything's in uppercase. Is that right? Who's Kyle? Yeah, original Greek New Testament, all uppercase. All uppercase. So how are you going to translate it into English? A capital S spirit? Or a little less spirit? Is it the divine spirit? Or is it the human spirit? Well, the reason it's difficult is because for a believer in Christ, the two spirits have now become one mingled spirit, right? He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. Um, 17. <clears throat> another thing I wanted to mention here is... Um, oh, you know, I'm talking about The verse that ends in spirit, we didn't even read it yet. Let's read Romans 8, 4 together, go. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That spirit there is is the one that's difficult to translate because it's it's the mingled spirit. And uh, another word I want you to circle or underline is the word walk. Walk in that sentence it says who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit this word walk refers to our daily living all the things we would do in our daily life whether it's uh, interacting with other people um, washing the dishes going to your job or school driving your car going shopping all the things that we do in our daily life this is our daily walk And we want to be those who have a walk that's according to the Spirit. And, uh, you know, oftentimes the Lord in our spirit says one word, no. You're about to lay on your horn on your car because somebody just cut you off. And the Lord in your spirit says no. No. Why are you going to do that? That's not going to express me. And as the Lord begins to speak, if we follow his speaking, if we have a living that's and a walk that's according to this mingled spirit, probably we'll just say, Amen, Lord. <laughs> and you know what? Christ just got expressed a little bit right there on I-35. Um, maybe you're about to uh, share your opinion with your roommate about something. And you know it's going to stir, it's just going to push the right buttons. It's going to stir up that person to get a reaction out of them. And as you open your mouth and begin to speak your opinion, the Lord says no. Just a little sense in your mingled spirit. And when we obey that sense, and follow that sense, and walk according to that sense, you know what? Christ gets expressed. Christ gets expressed. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, So this outline is very simple. It's very short. It's just four points, and there's a key verse for each point. And we just want to pair up and practice speaking, right? We want to talk about the mingled spirit. First of all, God is spirit. What verse? John 4, 24. God is spirit. Uh, Secondly, man has a spirit. Zechariah 12, 1. God stretched forth the heavens. He laid the foundation of the earth and he formed the spirit of man within him. We have a spirit. We have a God receiver. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thirdly at regeneration the two spirits become one mingled spirit. 1 Corinthians 6:17 but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Amen. And then fourthly we need to live and walk according to the mingled spirit. And then we could maybe try to remember Romans 8:4, right? That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So anyways, uh, just pair up for a few minutes. Practice with one another. Uh, If you you can, try to remember some of these verses. But even if you can't remember the verses, maybe you can remember the verse reference. But definitely speak the four points to one another. We want you to get constituted uh, with the Word of God and with this basic truth. And then we'll call up a couple pairs uh, to try and practice uh, with all of us. Okay, go ahead.